You're listening to the Cultural Hall Podcast with your host, Richie T. Stedman and Lauren Johnson. It's a podcast about Mormon stuff. So you're listening to a podcast with your host, Lauren Johnson and Richie T. Interviewing people and talking by conference. It's a Mormon thing. It's a cultural hall, so let's begin now. It's time for another episode of The Cultural Hall, the 600th episode of The Cultural Hall, to be exact. I know you're probably thinking, weren't we supposed to get this episode a couple of weeks ago? Yes, it is delayed. Well, what's new? What's been keeping you, you might be thinking? Well, I quit my day job, so now uh, I got here this here Cultural Hall. Uh, that's 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 the job plus the uh, podcast consulting and the best DJ in Utah stuff. Uh, so you can anticipate that well, I'll be putting out a lot of episodes, but also uh, moved as I record this 600th episode. It is being recorded here in the home Stedman Two Electric Boogaloo, and uh, grateful to be able to have my own space again have episodes be able to sound like they were recorded in a soundproofed studio because although it's not complete yet, it is a lot better than what I had for the last little while. And so, uh, yeah, we're doing it. We're doing the 600th episode. So what? What will this sound like? Well, before we go any further, I want you to just stop and think for a moment. What would my life be like? I know. Now, listen, we're going to get a little tender here for a minute. What would my life be like without the cultural hall? I'll tell you, uh, for me, uh, there have been many times where when I haven't felt like anything that I've done makes a difference, when uh, I feel like with other things that I pursue that I'm just yelling into the vacuum, into the void, that it just doesn't matter. Uh, The cultural hall is something that I have always been super proud of. Uh, It's been able to connect me with uh, friends and help me be able to find new friends. Um, It has provided a community for several of the panelists and and people that work behind the scenes uh, to make lifelong friendships uh, with others that they wouldn't have met or known about were it not for the cultural hall. So so what does it mean to you? Maybe you just listen to the cultural hall when it comes out with, you know, two episodes a week and you go, oh, that's great. Or I disagree with him and whatever, right? Maybe you're just a casual uh, listener of the cultural hall. But maybe there's something more. Maybe you found it in a time that you were questioning some things and, and thought, okay, well, this seems like a group of people that is safe to be questioning uh, among. Uh, maybe you found us because of a, a, a nerdy, you know, quest that you have to learn more about, you know, all sorts of uh, church history things, or or you want to get, uh, you know, you want to get into some things that you wouldn't otherwise have gotten into. Maybe that's why you find yourself in the cultural hall. Maybe uh, you just like me. Maybe that could be a thing. It probably isn't a thing. Let's be candid, but it could be a thing that you're just like, you know what, Richie, you can talk about. Uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints stuff, or you could talk about the the socks on your feet, and I'd listen. If there's anyone like that, let's let's get you into a friend of mine. Maybe we can help you out a little bit, because I would hope you would find more value in what we do here in the cultural hall than just you know hearing me talk about my feet. Weird tangent. How did I get there? Uh, you know, let's let's get into uh, a little bit of this episode. So, how is this going to work? You ask. Well. Uh, I'd love it if you would um, think of your favorite moments of the cultural hall, and I want you to just throw those up into the atmosphere uh, because maybe you'll get to hear some of those favorite moments. That's right. We're going to do a clips episode for the 600th episode. Uh, Just share some of my favorite moments, um, some of the funny moments that I really liked, some of the things that I think really define uh, what the cultural hall is. And my hope is... That uh, that listening to the cultural hall is something that not only do you enjoy it, but it's also something that you're proud of, that you feel like it's worthwhile, and that uh, and that you'll continue to come back, you know, year after year and hundredth milestone after hundredth milestone. So I hope that you'll do that. I hope that you'll share this with people that maybe don't know about the cultural hall. We could always be growing. I hope that if uh, if something gets moved within you that you're like, you know what, I should really become a Patreon saint. I hope that you do that. And I'm, I, I don't want to talk a bunch about that, but, you know, I do now not have a day job and, well, 
if I'm going to pay the mortgage. No, I'm teasing. But if you do feel driven to to do the Patreon thing and and show your financial support, that would be huge. That would be amazing. And so I hope that uh, you know I'm I'm hoping that this episode moves you to some sort of action, to sharing the cultural hall with someone, to telling someone about the cultural hall, to writing an email and saying, hey, you know what? None of those things, but this is what the cultural hall is meant to me, uh, to share your favorite moments with me. Whatever the thing may be, I hope that you don't just listen to this episode. I hope that it causes you to do something, and then I hope you do that thing. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, some of the moments, some of my favorite moments from the years that we've recorded the Cultural Hall, uh, and I'll share those with you during this. W- one of the first moments that I wanted to share uh, was how we came up with the saving a seat for you. Now, this is very, very, very early on. This is like episode three, episode four, when we get into how we are going to do this sort of outro, this this thing that we do at the end of every episode. And so I wanted you to hear how it all began. Uh, I, I kind of found uh, a, a cool way that I think we could end this. Oh, yeah? Okay. Tell me what you think. Okay. I, I oh, said, I will. Uh, oh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row and then of the cultural hall. So we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the cultural hall, but we say it together. See how that goes. Okay. Wait, so wait, we'll, wait. Be, we'll be we'll saving a seat, a seat for, for you. you. That's me. Or if you okay, say you it, say then it. I'll say on the back row. And then we say of the cultural hall. Oh, we say of the cultural. Okay. So you start. Okay. So we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of, of the, the cultural, cultural hall. hall. You think? Is that cool? Is that? We're going to have to listen to it. I shouldn't say. Is that not? Oh, yeah, you should have said. Is that? No, just kidding. Yeah, it is so much better. We're going to be editing all this part out. Right. Um, I, I really do want to listen to it. I think it could be what? cool. What we just said? Yeah. We'll be seeing you. On the back row. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we'll be seeing you. On the back row of, of the, the cultural, cultural hall. hall. Yeah. Eh, maybe I not. don't know if I'll saying it together it. at the end is. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I like it. Yeah, we'll try it. I like it. Well, maybe not. I want to have a catchphrase, so it's be like, we'll be seeing you on the back row. I agree. Maybe I, just we'll be seeing you on the back row. In the cultural hall. No, maybe not that at all. Maybe not the cultural hall at all. Maybe it's, we'll be seeing you on, on the, back the back row. row. Oh, yeah, I like that. That was good. I do like that more. Okay. I've got a bail. All right. Now, for some of you, may you may not recognize uh, that name. If you're not a uh, lifer... Uh, you're just a convert here to the cultural hall. You're probably thinking, I don't know who that other voice is. Uh, we had her in the 500th episode. You can go back and listen to that. Uh, Lauren is her name. Uh, and uh, uh, a special shout out to her. It was a bowl of mint ice cream and a night back in oh, probably fall of 2010 or spring of 2011 where her and I sat down and, and decided, you know what, Let we should probably really do this cultural hall thing. And then we finally started to roll it out. She was only around for, oh, I don't know, probably 15, 16 episodes. And, uh, well, because of uh, just how how things went, uh, it ended up that uh, she and I no longer hosted this and that I decided I would take it on and, and continue to do it. Uh, but a huge shout out to uh, Lauren for, for being the original co-host of the Cultural Hall for all that she did in, in helping to make it happen. And and, and really, uh, as you can hear, we had a lot of fun being able to do the show together. You know, uh, one of the other things from the very early days, um, and I tell a lot of people this, not normally within the show, but uh, the fact that John DeLynn, yes, that John DeLynn, is the one who actually owned the culturalhall.com domain. I wanted to do the Cultural Hall as a podcast many years before we actually started, um, but when I knew the name, I wanted it to be the Cultural Hall and went to theculturalhall.com and saw that it had been purchased and was owned by someone else. I thought, ah, you know what? I feel like we really have to have that website. I pastored him for a couple of years and then uh, was finally able to procure the uh, cultural hall domain. So also as sort of a, an odd person to thank, 
I would like to thank John Lynn for finally acquiescing and deciding to sell me the culturalhall.com. I'm not going to tell you what we spent for it. It was $100. Uh, and he said, you know what? I'm not doing anything with it. Uh, go ahead. Go forth. Do well, my son. And then we ended up having him as one of the early episodes of the Cultural Hall. You know, it's funny also, uh, a, a strange other sort of uh, toss-out or, uh, you know, funny kind of history of the Cultural Hall. As I had mentioned, I had wanted to do it for a couple years. And um, longtime listeners of the Cultural Hall will remember that uh, before the Hargroder, my current wife, I was married previously, and... Uh, there were two great things that came out of that marriage. Uh, one of them was the relationship that I was able to have with uh, my son Braxton. And the second was that I started the cultural hall. Now she didn't help with the cultural hall at all. She didn't, in fact, I think ever listen to the cultural hall at all. Not one episode, not a portion of the episode. So you might be wondering, well, why is it that you would thank her for, you know, her participation in the cultural hall. And I would just say it was this. I had talked about it and talked about it, was excited about it and thought about the plan and all the things. And uh, ultimately what happened was, is she said, do the thing or shut up about it. And then I was like, you know what? Now I have to do the thing because I don't want to shut up about it. So to my ex-wife in a super random way to pay tribute, uh, I don't think that I would be doing uh, the cultural hall without the sweet way in which she inspired me to do things. Um, I want to take another funny moment uh, from the cultural hall. This, again, from the very, very early beginnings, uh, the articles of news, not only calling it articles of news, but the articles of news jingle, I wanted to share how that came about with you. It's uh, time now for the articles of news. And in the future, this will have a jingle and a deep voice guy that says article of news or 13 articles of news. And I think we're going to have to do articles of news. could could record that today. We could have him sing it. You want to try to do a jingle for uh, articles (laughs) of news? I'll try it, but I'm picturing something really jingly. (laughs) Articles of news. Special effects. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have any special I can hit the side of my guitar. Your voice is a special effect. So he'll get that out. Let me, I've got an assignment for you. I'm I'm being serious. Get the guitar out. We'll have you do a little uh, articles of news, however you want to do it. And we'll keep it and play it for the future. An assignment for you. There is a book that I need you to get. It is called Perfect Token or The Perfect Token, Love at First Flight. This is a book that is uh, offering the view of college dating in Utah. Uh, Let's talk about this uh, down in southern Utah. On uh, this last Sunday, September 11th, there was a uh, not only everything that commemorated uh, the tragedy in New York on the on the uh, September 11th, 2001, but also that's the same day for people who don't know as the Mountain Meadows Massacre. And uh, this last Sunday, it became a national landmark. Huh. So uh, if you're ever down around that area, it's 30 miles north of St. George. There is now a landmark there, and you can you can read that. And I'll post that article on theculturalhall.com, also on our Facebook page. Uh, other things, these are just quick things, quick articles of news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone said that they are definitely going to be making a Book of Mormon movie. It is. They said no question. It is going to, uh, yeah, they're going to let it run on uh, on Broadway for a little bit while longer, of course. And then we, as we talked about in last week's episode, we go to Chicago, go to Denver, it'll tour the country. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're going to adapt it and make it into a movie. So will you be seeing this movie? Uh, it'll probably be rated R, at which point I do not see rated R movies. Peter, will you? Be seeing the movie. I wonder how. Lo- how uh, what if clean flicks? I wonder if mm-hmm. if it'll if if it'll if it'll do if it'll last if it'll be longer than thirty minutes. Yeah. Well, I, all I've That's heard though, I've heard know. I've heard story wise. You know, there's not anything necessarily offensive story wise, but what makes it what it is 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 its uh, generous use of what we like to call here on the cultural hall the celestial level uh, swear words. Even though I think they should be the outer darkness swear words, but. <laughs> but they're the big one. They're the top. Those yeah, are the top sure. and celestial top. So uh, you want to try on a jingle here for the the articles of news? Here we go. Peter Breinholt with our jingle, the articles of news. You can't lose articles of news. <laughs> Done. We have our jingle. That was great. I'm keeping that, and we will that. 
you have made me a very happy man twice today. And when I get that hug before you left, before you leave, three times. And the coolest part about recording this episode is going back and listening to that episode with Peter Breinholt. I didn't recognize or remember, or maybe even it had just completely left my mind, that there are actually two versions of the Articles of News jingle that Peter Breinholt did that day. We use the one, but the other one has gone by the wayside, and I might start incorporating it. It's subtle, the difference between the two of them, but kind of fun to be able to share with you uh, where the Articles of News with Peter Breinholt jingle uh, all began, you know, all the many years ago. It's also fun for me to think about all the different co-hosts and panelists that we've had over the years. I know that I won't remember all of them, uh, but I know as soon as Lauren left, uh, I was able to do about 30 or so episodes with uh, Ashley Garby-Smith. She was actually a guest on an episode, and then I was like, you know what, I I actually might like her to be uh, the host, knowing that uh, there were some scheduling things with Lauren and also some personality stuff, if we're being completely honest. Not that we were fighting her friends, we just felt like there was you know, different uh, directions that maybe it could go. But it it never failed. Whenever I used uh, Ashley Garvey's nickname, uh, which growing up, I guess, was Pizza Face, uh, I, whenever I would do that as a joking, loving gesture, because she knew that I just loved her like crazy, that people would email in and uh, and and tell me that's rude, that's terrible. I can't believe that you would do that, but it was just one of the inside jokes. Uh, a thing that I don't feel like many people recognize or even know where it comes from, or at this point maybe you don't even notice it within the episodes, is when. We take a break for the different blocks. First of all, we still do three blocks like the church used to do, uh, the three-hour blocks, right? Only ours, obviously, aren't an hour. But uh, that's why it's, you know, coming up in the second block, coming up in the third block. That's why those are divided that way. It's not just an arbitrary uh, thing. We, We chose those names. And then also, the bell. The bell that you hear sound for some younger folks, I think, within the church, or or maybe you didn't even know this this correlation between uh, <laughs> this part of the the uh, the show and our church history is there used to be a bell that someone's responsibility was to ring it to let people know, hey, this is how much time there is left in class, and then hey, this is the time to move along. And what I'll never ever ever understand is it's not like time didn't exist anymore just one day we decided not we in the cultural hall but we as a church just decided that we would not do the bell anymore but we have always as we go to those breaks to to let uh, a couple of our great sponsors play we always will play the bell to indicate that it's a break and to go to the next block so if you're wondering where that comes from that's a little bit of history as to why you hear a bell uh, between the blocks here in the cultural hall imagine running a small business today it's challenging imaging and internet presence is an absolute must even with that you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe now imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients imagine Lennon design whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation advertising media and promotional materials Lennon design is your partner in business they'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. An interesting and fun fact, uh, the only person that has been with the Cultural Hall from the very beginning beside myself is uh, Dylan from Lennon Design. Here's the deal. Uh, he has done every single graphic for the most part. I think there have been a couple that I put together, but there has been no other graphic artist uh, for the Culture Hall. A huge shout out to him. Uh, you should check out Lennon Design if you need a website or any sort of graphic stuff. He does a lot of my podcast clients' uh, images. So a huge shout out for him for being uh, with the Culture Hall for over 11 years now. Props to you, Dylan, and I hope for 11 more. Uh, let's go 600 more episodes, all the things that he's great. He puts up with me and last minute stuff and changes and all those things. 
Uh, if you need someone like a Dylan, contact him at Lennon Design. You guys, it's fun for me to be able to think back over the 600 episodes that have been published. And people will always ask me, what has been the most popular episode of the Cultural Hall? The most downloaded episode and uh, unfortunately it's 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 not a very bright or cheery one uh a few years ago we had the opportunity to interview elder jensen elder jensen served his mission i believe in arizona and he had the opportunity when he was serving to baptize jody arius or arius depending on how you pronounce it uh, where you're from uh, Jody uh, is a convert to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and she killed, I think we can not say allegedly at this point, because she's in jail for it, but in case I need to cover my butt, allegedly uh, killed her boyfriend, Travis, and uh, was on trial. There was a lot of attention paid particularly to her case, and we were able to interview Elder Jensen at the time uh, that that was sort of surfacing throughout the courts. He did not... Uh, give an interview to like Headline News or CNN. He was scooped by the Cultural Hall. And once he visited with us, he said, no, thanks. I don't want to do it anywhere else. So uh, that interview, uh, a portion of it featured on Headline News. And, you know, we had 50,000 plus downloads for just that particular episode. And here's a little snippet. Well, the what we what we do as missionaries is we teach, you know, lessons and things, you know, the the important uh, aspects of the gospel and the church, what the church believes, and then when we get to a certain point, um, we invite the people that we're, we're teaching to, to pray about, you know, the Book of Mormon specifically, and about, you know, the prophet Joseph Smith, who uh, we believe to have restored the gospel in its fullness, and about the church and whether they should follow the Savior's example and be baptized. So we got to that point um, in our in our lessons, and we we invited her to do so, and and I, and then the next the le- the next lesson that we had with her. It was my companion and I and our, and our uh, word mission leader again, and we met with Jody, and I remember asking her um, if she, you know, would be baptized. And I remember her pausing for a little bit. It wasn't like an immediate yes answer, but I remember her pausing for a minute as though she was really contemplating and thinking about it, and then she said, you know, yes, that she would, that she would be willing to be baptized. And so from that point, we, you know, get her prepared in terms of you know, there's a, there's a baptismal service that that we do, and we invite other people to come. And um, I remember, you know, she had a question about, you know, okay, well, you know, who 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 baptizes me, basically. You know, she asked, who, who's baptized? Is that something that you missionaries do? And I remember asking me, and you know, we we definitely do that. And I I perform many baptisms on my mission, but we like to try to uh, get somebody that's local, you know, somebody local there that they know that they've met in the process of teaching to to baptize them. Because, you know, like you said, missionaries come and go. Um, and it's important to have uh, somebody there that they feel comfortable with, that they can ask questions about, or they can, you know, talk to about things. And so I remember at that time encouraging her to, I, you know, I said, well, you know, we'd be more than happy to do it, but if there's somebody else that you feel that you would like to baptize you, um, that would be great. And I remember her thinking, you know, just thinking, oh, okay, like it, she understood and then I don't remember at what point it was another lesson, but then she had it informed us that she had called Travis and asked him to baptize her. Um, and so for us, we're like, oh, okay, great. You know, the friend that introduced her to the, the church, that makes total sense, you know? Absolutely, that, sound, that sounds great, you know? Um, and so we just kind of proceeded um, from that point to, to prepare the baptism, and everything went according to schedule and plan, and it, uh, it went well. Some of you may be yelling at your earbuds or, you know, your phone, whatever you're listening to the Cultural Hall on right now, and just being like, bah, I can't believe that that was most downloaded. There has to be one that is the most downloaded, and that is it. So, tough, sorry. Uh, I could tell you what the second one is, but I'm not gonna. Maybe I'll save that for the 700th episode celebration. Uh, I want to pivot real hard uh, to another thing that we did over several years. Um, If you know uh, Jimmy Kimmel, 
and I don't know Jimmy Kimmel, but go with me for a second. Uh, he always has the thing where, you know, Matt Damon's going to be on the show, but they weren't able to get to Matt Damon, so they'll have to kick him to the next episode. Uh, very early, probably in the hundreds, the first hundred episodes, uh, we decided that we wanted to have Brandon Flowers, the front man of the killers on the show. And uh, whenever we would bring it up, he would say, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah he'll be on uh, a future episode. Uh, for some people, they thought that that episode had already been recorded and that we were just, you know, waiting for a particular day to release it. Other people knew what exactly it was, which was they there was not really a chance in the world that we would be able to interview Brandon Flowers or that we would be able to get any time. Well, the opportunity came about that I was able to sit down, and not for the usual hour that we do within the cultural hall, but be able to sit down with him for about 10, 12 minutes uh, on the phone and uh, be able to talk to him about not only his music, but also uh, about his son. And so, just like Oprah says, you throw it out into the universe, and then uh, things can happen. Here's a little bit of the Brandon Flowers episode of the Cultural Hall. And uh, you mentioned family, and I and I just have to do this because I noticed that you you do a thing that I both love and also question what brings people to do this. Your son, Ammon, a very obvious kind of Mormon nod. Uh, I think yeah. I, I think that some people do that at, out of like, you know, I want him to grow into his name and find out who that amazing person is. And other people go, oh, come on, what are you doing? Oh, I think it's just—it's just—they're—they're just a little bit. It's a noble name. I don't know. I don't—I don't feel—I don't feel like I'm going to put any pressure on him. And he fits the name, and he's—he's he's a sweet boy. And I hope that people aren't judging me no. <laughs> about that. I mean, most people's names come from the Bible, uh, so I don't see it as being too strange to choose one from the Book of Mormon. Yes, that is the Brandon Flowers, and yes, that is the Killers frontman, and uh, we were finally able to make that happen. It's cool, too, because for the people that had been either converts or lifers with Pioneer Stock, those that have been with us from the very beginning, listened to every episode, or gone back and listened to every episode, uh, they knew <laughs> what a big deal it was that we were finally able to visit with him. And and we've had some pretty cool people on the show. I remember very early on, this is in the, man, I want to say Christmas of our first year, I had the opportunity to visit with Jim Gaffigan. Yes, also that Jim Gaffigan, uh, the comedian. And you're thinking, well, he's not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And you're correct, he is not, in fact, a member of the Church. But he is very devout uh, Catholic. And uh, the way that this came about is he was actually coming to Utah, and because so many members of the church love him for his clean comedy, uh, they thought that it would be a great resource uh, for me to be able to interview him. Here's the catch. Uh, I wasn't able to interview him in, you know, normal, like, banker's hours, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., not even in, like, swing shift hours between, like, 3 p.m. and 11. I had to go... Uh, and th this time I wasn't able to record from my home. I had to go to the radio station studio at about 1.30 in the morning. It was after a show that he had done. He knew that he wasn't going to be able to sleep, and I had been pestering for the interview. And he said, you know what? Let's do it, but it has to be at my time when I want to, so in the middle of the night. And for our special Christmas episode, uh, we got to speak with uh, comedian Jim Gaffigan. And you can interpret this however you want. I want to know what your favorite thing about your faith is. Favorite thing about my faith? Mm-hmm. Well, it has to be mercy for me. It's that, you know, I'm the beneficiary of mercy. So, you know, um... I mean, my faith is constructed around mercy. It's, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, the ability to, you know, that there is someone or something that has forgiveness behind it and that I'm not in control and I'm not, a punisher of myself is incredibly empowering. So, 
um, that's kind of a cornerstone of how I can kind of live with myself, to be honest. So I would say that's the most important thing. You know, and when I'm not in touch with, you know, um, which I think is a pretty important element of mercy, which is humility, you know, I'm pretty lost. You know, it's, and that's not to say that, you know, I mean, I am, you know, uh, not perfect, obviously, but it's, you know, it, this is, you know, we're on a roller coaster here, but when I kind of come back down to ground, I'm very much, I can hold on to that and keep a touch of that. It's a lot easier for me, you know. As I listen back to that, I can remember how nerve-wracked I was to talk to someone who didn't know what the cultural hall was at all, and quite frankly didn't care, and I don't blame him. Um, but also someone not of our faith. I, I don't know why it makes me panic so much uh, when I'm visiting with someone who's not a member of our church, uh, that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, to ask them about the favorite part of their faith. I, I think it's because most of the people that are members of the church know that that question is coming without within the episode, and I always feel like I'm surprising them if I bring it up at the very end of the interview. And, and to that point, I don't ever want to let people know, hey, this question is coming. That It's something that I know other interviewers do, that they'll give people uh, even just a line of questioning that they want to do. And I always tell people, if they agree to be a guest on the Cultural Hall, we just want to talk about you and, and whatever, you know, if it's a book, if it's a project, if it's a movie, if it's a particular line of study, if it's their life that we're talking about. I just want to talk about you. And, and I don't like to give those questions in advance because I feel like they prepare things. And I love being able to be voice for you as you listen to the episode. And so I take that with not only uh, a, a, a great big uh, heap of seriousness, but it would be easier if I sent them questions beforehand. I think it'd be easier on the guests, and I, and I, but I just don't think it's as raw. I don't think it's as real. Uh, and, and so I very rarely uh, will certainly pass on a question, but even, even a step further than that, write down a question that I want to get from a particular guest. So asking him and knowing that, uh, that he was a religious person, this Jim Gaffigan going back, of course, uh, to hear him answer just a beautiful answer about his faith was super rewarding. And I don't think that there's a lot of people, I'm sure there's some, but I don't think that there's a lot of people who have had the opportunity to talk to Jim about his faith or even hear him uh, talk about his faith. So I was, I was particularly happy with how that episode turned out. We've done different things over the years in the cultural hall that I, I what do we call them? Stunty? We call them uh, goofy? We call them, uh, what, radio-y sometimes? Uh, and, and I wanted to share this because it was one of my, one of my favorite, favorite, uh, you know, stunty things that we've done here in the cultural hall. It's when I had the opportunity to interview Pierre Delecto. Now, if you don't remember the story of Pierre Delecto, it was Mitt Romney was on Twitter and, uh, he had put himself as a different name, as a different username on Twitter, and, and that name was Pierre Delecto, and he got busted for having this fake Twitter account uh, that he was using. And, uh, and, and we just wanted to have a good time, and so I tracked down the true Pierre Delecto and was able to share uh, this with you. I'm, I am very honored. Uh, I was able to get the real Pierre Delecto to agree to an interview. Uh, Pierre, uh, are you there, Pierre? Hello, hello. Yes, uh, uh first time listener, long time caller. <laughs> I, I, I think you might have that backwards, but don't worry about it, Pierre. You are all over CNN right now. You're all over MSNBC. Oh. Uh, it, it, but, but here's the deal. It, it's not you. It's Mitt Romney claiming that he is you. Oh, well, I would like to uh, just call uh, 
uh, a, a call to arms of all the people who are wondering if it really is Mitt Romney or not. Uh, what did you say? No, it is not. Uh, it is I, Pierre Delecto, and uh, I am proud to say that he fell on the, how you say, the sword to uh, maybe try to protect me. But no, it is I. It I- is my account. It, it seems like, Pierre, that uh, that Mitt Romney would have a lot to lose. I mean, he's a, a senator from here in the state of Utah, but mm-hmm. but he you said he fell on the sword for you. Why? Well, uh, I, I am a huge admirer of his. Uh, I think that what he's doing, I've been following his career ever since I became an American citizen uh, uh, 17 years ago. Uh, and uh, I think that he is doing a wonderful job out there in Washington, D.C., and uh, I feel like uh, he doesn't get enough uh, uh, political clout uh, from his constituency. So I am uh, trying to get behind him and support him in his uh, in his uh, you know uh, his conquest of uh, of this uh, political fiasco, which is the current president, Mr. Uh, Trump. So, so it's interesting to me, Pierre. Um, there are so many tweets where you are, in fact, you know. Uh, I guess I would have some question as to if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or not. Uh, well, indeed I am. Uh, I found the church through my beautiful wife. Her name is Lola, and uh, she uh, introduced me to the church, and uh, I moved here to be with her, and uh, shortly after I became baptized, and, uh, uh, and then I, I found myself ensconced in the world of uh, political uh, commentary and whatnot, uh, and I followed uh, quite uh, adamantly the career of Monsieur uh, Mitt Romney. So dumb, <laughs> and yet I love it so very much. You know, one of our uh, the other fun moments uh, about preparing for the 600th episode is being able to travel back in time. You know, uh, I've had two marriages during this podcast. I've had four different homes since uh, this show available in podcast form started, and uh, and so it is. It is an interest of me to remember and be instantly flashed back uh, to the time and the place that I recorded that particular episode. And and well, there there are some things too that that just come out uh, historically. Um, because when you do a show for over a decade, uh, when we started, Mitt Romney hadn't even m- made that run for president where he was the Republican candidate. And uh, I found this other kind of fun moment uh, from our past. We, we have fun moments beyond Mitt Romney, obviously, but as I was searching, I, I, was, I was particularly pleased with this little fun bit of banter about uh, Mitt Romney before he had even run for president. How Mormon is Mitt Romney? So I'd like to share some of these with you. <clears throat> yes. Mitt Romney is so Mormon that he'd call 19-year-old boys to serve as U.S. ambassadors. Mitt Romney is so Mormon, his Israel policy will be centered in Jackson County, Missouri. Wait, wait, wait. Is Mitt Romney so Mormon that when Congress cries, he feeds them Cheerios? <laughs> Did you make that up right there? Uh, no, she's no. I think. I wish. <laughs> Go wait, on. wait, wait. So uh, the, the, somebody else wrote this? Or did the, she Joanna this? Brooks, I think, posted a couple of oh, these and then asked for other people okay. to post okay. these. Uh, Mitt, Mitt Romney is so Mormon, he'll make the income tax a flat 10% and collect fast <laughs> offerings to fund Medicaid. Mitt Romney is so Mormon, he'll ask the Senate to sustain his appointees by manifesting with an upraised hand. Mitt Romney is so Mormon, he's organizing his precinct walkers in pairs to knock doors with a very special message. Mitt Romney is so Mormon... This is one of my favorite. He'd make the Book of Mormon required reading at the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Mitt Romney is so Mormon that he's afraid to join the Tea Party because of Doctrine and Covenants Section 89. Yeah? Wait, wait, wait. Which section was that? That's the section that's... uh, Oh, yeah. yeah, The Word of Wisdom. Yeah. It has a little side note here for people (laughs) like Lauren. The section forbidding members from hot drinks interpreted as tea and coffee. Uh, Mitt Romney is so Mormon he'd ask the elders quorum to help him move into the White House. (laughs) Totally. Mitt Romney is so Mormon he wouldn't allow, he wouldn't he won't allow advisors wearing non-white dress shirts to participate in cabinet meetings. Mitt Romney is so Mormon he'd ask the chief justice to use a quad at his inauguration. <laughs> Mitt Romney is so Mormon he will add the phrases so normal, right. right? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, yeah. Sorry, interrupted. No, you're fine. He said, of course. Uh, he's so Mormon he he will add the phrases "every fiber of my being" and "beyond a shadow of a doubt" <laughs> to the presidential oath of office. <laughs> I hope he does. 
And uh, then finally, Mitt Romney is so Mormon that he will actually hang the Constitution up by a thread <laughs> just so he can save it. <laughs> just kind of a fun trip into the Mormon moment that was so prominent when the cultural hall first began. Uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back in the third block, you knew that some of this would be sort of serious. And it, it's an impossible task that I gave myself to be able to encompass... Uh, <laughs> 10 plus years, 600 plus episodes of the cultural hall and be able to put them all together. So uh, we're going to take a break and then we're going to share some of the, my favorite, more sentimental moments um, from the cultural hall. And then we're going to put a bow on it and we're going to look forward to the next 600. We'll do that coming back in the third block of the cultural hall. Hey friends, Dan, the laptop man from PC laptops. As you know, there's been a huge video card shortage for computers. We have tons of NVIDIA and AMD video cards right now available with complete systems. Check us out right now at PCLaptops.com. All right, it's time. It's the third block. That's where we get serious, where we uh, start to feel things. So uh, get ready. Hold on, because we're doing this thing. I, man, it, it some of the... the um, what some of the hardest things um that i have experienced in my life have been since we started doing the cultural hall and um this get ready it's gonna sound cheesy we're going here but i mean it i genuinely mean it N knowing that um that i matter or that uh, what i do matters even if it just matters to one individual um, that maybe sends an email, leaves a comment on uh, a social media and says, hey, you know what, I really enjoyed this, whatever the thing may be. Um, it has been on often occasion that those have been the things that have sustained me, right? Other professional things maybe not working out as well as I have wanted them to do. Relational things have not worked out as well as I've wanted them to. Um, but but and including um, the the other people that work on the cultural hall, but just people who listen to it, um, who reflect those things to to me, uh, it matters a lot. And I know you probably get sick of me saying, "Join Patreon, email us, give us a review." It 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 um, it just matters to me. It matters to me that that you like this. It matters to me that you find it valuable. I recognize that you know. There's 24 hours in a day. That's the thing you and I and Jeff Bezos all have in common and that you would give that time to me and to this thing that I've created week in and week out, you know, for 11, 11 years. God, I can't believe that. Um, it matters. It matters a huge deal to me. And um, there will be many thank yous in this block, but I wanted to first and foremost um, thank you whoever's listening to this, thank you for, for being there. If you are new, you are just finding it on this episode. Let me tell you, you have some catching up to do, but it's not impossible. Uh, if you have been with us from the very beginning, so cool. Thank you for, for being there and doing that and, and guiding us along the way and inviting other friends of yours and, and telling people about it and, you know, when I hear about it being shared in a, a Sunday school meeting or a, a, a sacrament meeting or, you know, elders quorum or relief society. First of all, I go, what kind of relief society or sacrament or, you know, priesthood meeting is that? And then I go, you know what, there, there's some there's some value there. Um, and 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 so, yeah, just thank you. Just thank you is is all I want to say about that. I guess I'll probably say thank you yet again and again and again. Um, so thank you. I also need to thank all the panelists and people that help make this thing happen. Um, so many. And, uh, and man, I please bless that I do not forget anyone uh, as I go through this. But it's worth shouting out uh, Janae Manite. Huge. Um, I love being able to give her a hard time about her long stories uh, and and always just brings such a great um, personality and perspective to the show. I love that she keeps me in check, too. Sometimes I'll post some snarky things online and she goes, hey, hey, hold up, hold up. 
uh, to one of our newer uh, folks, Corey Ward, who's ha- hopped in and is going to start doing the Temple updates. A huge shout out to him. Uh, to DJ Rob, whom I didn't even know uh, was a DJ, um, you know, for hosting us within his home for several years and and being able to record, but also being one of my good friends. Um, to, uh, you know, Annette Luthy Lyon um, for always you know, keeping me to, hey, are we recording? Yeah, let's do it. And being able to provide the perspective that she does uh, and where she comes from. Uh, Andrew Mayer, Mr. Mayer, and his willingness to get up so early uh, when we record the articles of news uh, so that I can be able to do it. Uh, To Russ and Chow Wild um, down in Texas. I just love them. Some of my best friends. And, uh, you know, I use the cultural hall as an opportunity to get connected with them and, and see how their little family is. And I, I just love that as well. Uh, to Robin the Red, who does not only uh, the, you know, the hosting from time to time, but does those daily Facebook posts. And as far as I'm concerned, has never missed a single day. Uh, to Anna Thorley, who helped us start with the Instagram, I should shout out An- Annette because she also does the Instagram uh, now, takes care of it for us. Um, Matthew Jalalian, when he recognizes I haven't been on uh, Facebook for a while, he'll start to post stuff. Or if there's something breaking and I haven't done that, uh, he'll post that and keeps everybody up to date. Lindsay, throw your hands up in the airts uh, for being such a great friend and coming in and hosting occasionally. Just Joni. Uh, which is one of my favorite nicknames that has come about here in the Cultural Hall. Uh, Carly Mortensen, who helped us with our Pinterest, and also checks in and goes, you okay? Are we all right here? Are you considering this? Think about this. She's sort of my conscience behind all this. Uh, Jenny Noonan Dye, uh, Molly Jenny, who uh, we haven't had on for a while, but who has been an instrumental part of all of this. A- and, of course, everyone's favorite, Brother Kyle. Has there ever been a time where you have considered taking your own life? And as a follow-up to that, what was it that made you consider, or or not consider, what was it that made you not do that uh, if you did go there? Yeah, a lot of times. Really? And I attempted twice. Really? Yeah. Is it, uh, I mean, obviously, thank goodness you're, that you didn't figure it out, right? Or, you know, that you didn't do it, that you're still here. I can't yeah. even imagine. I can't imagine what this would be like. I can't imagine what this community would be like. I think there's not a single person that listens or that's involved with the cultural hall that can imagine, um, like, a, like a, a cultural hall without Brother Kyle. He's the one who says all the stuff that we all think in our head, but <laughs> <laughs> but don't want to be that person and say uh, out loud. Yeah. Uh, you, you tried the... So within that experience, I mean, you try that, but then it didn't. It didn't take. It didn't mm-hmm. happen. At the point that you did that, then the second time was was that a turning point? Is that a the second time was yeah. the turning point? Yeah. So so what was it about about that that then you were like, okay, I'm not doing that again? It was um, it, it was a strange thing. I hadn't intended on suicide at the time but i thought about it a lot mm. and and still do but i am not going to right just so you know um but i it's still something that goes in my mind because right. i'm wired that way i'm it's i'm kind of messed up that way yeah and now i realize that it's when something happened and i nearly drowned and i told the story here uh-huh um in uh swimming once training for triathlon and a little typhoon came in um burned a church down turned over boats i was in the middle of a lake yeah and but I, w- I wouldn't consider that a suicide. Well, I went out there. I, I started swimming for sure. I thought, I'm going to die. And I suddenly went, great. Huh. I, I'm going to die. And I can be, it won't look bad. I can be a martyr. They can recover my body. Everybody will be so sad. So I stopped swimming. I stopped. And I went, hmm. all right, let's go. And I was, uh, it's weird to talk about it. So I'm getting tossed around in the water, just waiting to go, going, this will be it. It'll mm-hmm. be good. I'm about 200 yards from shore now, and I, at one point, my head's up. People have run from the beach. I mean, it's uh, a mess. Mm-hmm. And on the, 
<laughs> funny. Edge of the water is my son mm. looking for me. And everybody told me we couldn't see you. We thought you were gone. They'd gone up, called 911. Mm -hmm. They were bringing in rescue boats to look for me, see my son looking for me. And uh, I went, he needs me. Yeah. So I, 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 I literally out loud cursed. I won't say what I said. Yeah. I yelled at God. I yelled at the sky. I yelled at the water. And I started swimming and looked up. After about five strokes, and I was uh, at the shore. Hmm. Not a miracle. I don't know some weird science thing. Yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna get. You're not gonna let so, it be a miracle. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So my kids there, and uh, that was it. Yeah. Changed me. Yeah. This was five years ago. Yeah. That's been within the time that that people would know you. Yeah. Here within the cultural hall. I love him so much, Brother Kyle. I, I don't I don't have favorites, but he is one that I definitely love for sure. I asked him if he wanted to uh, make a comment as part of the 600th episode, and he said, no, but tell him I'm not dead yet. <laughs> so there you go. That's a little uh, message from, uh, from Brother Kyle, who, if this is your first time uh, listening, you, you are like, what? How could he say that after what he just played? Uh, but Brother Kyle, um, diagnosed with Bulbar ALS uh, a little over a year or almost a year now, and, uh, and a sense of humor to be able to make his way through it like none other. So uh, much love to Brother Kyle and to everyone, to everyone who has ever helped in the cultural hall, um, been able to to be a part of it to all the guests whom I've interviewed and I've I've just loved being able to to do that and be able to to visit to be able to get to know more to be able to ask questions and and I consider every single one of those folks friends. Um, our our time is just about done, you guys. Uh, I have not done six hundred episodes justice, but I I felt like I wanted to go out with with kind of a bang some things that that are maybe some of the the most memorable moments to me if you know the cultural hall came because uh a, at the time a friend of mine had a podcast and I said podcasting seems cool I should do a show available in podcast form and uh I, and I thought well what do I want to do it about and I thought well I love Mormonism, because it was allowed to be said at that time. And I thought, you know what I who I would really love to meet is I'd love to meet Peter Breinholt. And I know I already featured him in this episode. And you're like, God, of, of the 600 plus episodes, you couldn't find anything else. But he really is. That's not an exaggeration. He is at least 25% of the original reason why I started the Cultural Hall. I just love his music. I love him as an individual. And and there was one song in particular that I wanted him to play, and he almost didn't uh, when he came into the studio, but I got him to. And it makes me cry, even as I have prepared this episode and listened to it and thought, man, do I want to do this? Do I want to play it? It makes me cry every single time. So I'm going to play it for you right now. All right, so uh, Peter, before we get you to, to head off out of here, we want to get you to play one more uh, one more song for us. What are you going to be playing for us? I'm going to do the song you requested. I was just going to say, let's be honest, we requested this song. <laughs> I was trying to build up drama like we didn't know what song it was. Both Richie and I love this song. Yeah, I was going to do, for the audience, I was, I, they said, do whatever you want. So I started to tune up, and then I... I and then they said, but, but could you do this song? Both of them said, I, we'd really like if you did this song. So I'm It, it do... reminds me of the mission. So this one, this actually sort of began my um, career into the... I, w I was asked to co-produce an EFY album 10 years ago, 11, mm -hmm. 11 years ago. And there are specific themes they want you to hit on those albums. And so this was a work for hire that ended up becoming a big part of my career. And they said, we want a song about missionaries. First time I ever wrote a, a specific mormon theme song. And it was this one. And I said, well, I, I all I can do is tell my story. So this is, this is chilly and... Uh, walking down the uh, streets there. It's called a call out here. See that little hill on the side of the town 
going up and climbing and turn back around. Catch your breath at miles and miles of fields, and you'd feel safe there. And there alone you kneel and you feel indeed. You wanna go and help every soul that you see. You wanna go and share what you know inside. Show you love them. Out beyond this home, so dear, there's another call I remember days when we laughed so hard. We walk along the roads in our country so far. I remember children and sounds in the streets. We belong there. And then the broken man in his house one day. He said he wasn't sure if he knew how to pray. Then he tried and said, "What's in his heart?" And Slowly turn round and see there's a part of them in me. Now the birds are flying home through the hills above the So that's it. That's the 600th episode. I hope that people have liked this format. You know, I'm more than willing to do another recap episode, but when I asked for help, you know, those moments where I said, oh man, I really cling to the messages that people give. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I said, hey, what do you think? Would you send it? Does What does this mean to you? Crickets. Not even Mormon crickets that the seagulls could eat. Literal crickets. So I know we're all busy. I know we're still climbing out of the uh, pandemic and we're, you know, focused on all the things. But uh, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode of the Cultural Hall. I, I thought about uh, asking myself the three questions um, here at the end of the episode because, well, you know, we ask everyone who steps into the Cultural Hall, uh, do you have a calling? And if so, what is it? And presently, I don't. Uh, if I could pick a calling for myself, either one that, that exists or make one up, I straight up, and I've just moved into a new ward, so maybe they'll listen to this and they'll give me this calling, I want to be the records uh, a records clerk so badly. It is, it is something that I would love to obsess over as far as a calling. Just put me in for like a good solid year and let me get things cleaned up and let me out, but that is the calling that I would pick. But then I thought, you know, do I want to share what the favorite part of my faith is? And I thought there's probably one that is better suited to share the favorite part of his faith. The uh, final question that we ask everyone that steps here in the cultural hall is, what is your favorite part of your faith? 
I think it's my smile. I think I lucked out. No, no, your faith, not your face. But my teeth are in my face. No, oh, your face. <laughs> You gotta edit that out. I'm no way. No way. <laughs> the vainest thing that you've ever had somebody answer back. But it's because my old buddy, uh, Abe Sloan, he's very funny. He used to always ask that. He'd say, What's your favorite part about your face? <laughs> and uh, so that's why I thought you were asking that. Um, so. And Abe has curly locks, and so he always uh, say, "Mine's my curly locks." I think I lucked out, and he did. All right, enough <laughs> about that. I'm trying to backpedal to cover up my uh, ridiculous problem of uh, vanity. Um, so there you have it. That is the six hundredth episode. Not actually the six hundredth episode. It's like the eight hundred and something episode, but the six hundredth numbered episode of the Cultural Hall. Uh, I hope that it nourished and strengthened your body, that if, in fact, you are not healthy enough to listen to it this week, that you will be healthy enough to listen to it next week, that when the time comes, you will be able to travel home in safety, and please bless the sugar out of this crap. Here's to 600 more episodes, and love your feedback. Contact at theculturalhall.com. Love it if you give a review. You find us on Patreon. You join us on the uh, Cultural Hall back row on Facebook, wherever it is that you want to join us. Uh, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really got to go on the Cultural Hall show. Ow!